It is exactly 7.58 on Metro FM Talk. The largest economy on the continent, Nigeria, is going to the polls this Saturday. The record 93.5 million Nigerians have registered to vote and they will be choosing among 18 candidates to replace President Muhammadu Buhari. And he has now reached um, the two-term limit, so he's not eligible to go in uh, anymore. So what is it that makes these elections significant and how do they impact us as South Africans? Why should we care? For this conversation, we're joined by Ndate Isaac Komo, Africa analyst. Ndate Komo, so good to have you once again. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, my lady. It certainly has been, but I'm really excited to be talking about this uh, with you specifically. And, and maybe let's get straight into it and look at Buhari's last two terms. How would you describe them? What have they been characterized by? Mediocrity, nothing else. <laughs> uh, Buhari, actually, when he first came into power, he came into power on a security ticket, saying that uh, good luck, former President Goodluck had failed in curbing the insurrections in the northeast of Nigeria. He came in there as a former army general and telling people that he'd be able to solve that problem, but he has done nothing until today. If his first term was mediocre, then why was he elected for a second term, do you think? Well, that's the issue about Nigerian elections. Nigerian elections, basically, they, they're not straight uh, political uh, issues. Their issues also involve mostly issues of uh, regionality and the region that you come from, ethnicity, and then religion. So those three things, they're a very important part. And uh, it is frustrating. And there's a lot of, um, uh, what do they call corruption, or not corruption, but, um, I mean, let's call it frustrating that's taking place. And I think that is the thing that made him able to come back on two terms, on the second term. Basic basic political issues are almost absent. That's a sad thing about Nigeria. So when we look at the, the, the current um, candidates that, that are running, we have got from Buhari's very own party, the All Progressive Congress, uh, we've got uh, the 70-year-old former governor of Lagos State, Bola Tinibu. Uh, talk to us about him and, and his chances of, of becoming president. Well, Tinibu, Bola Tinibu, they actually call him the kingmaker because... Um, he came out uh, against the then very dominant party, that's the party of Obasanjo, the PDP, People's Democratic Party. And he came up, in fact, he came up against uh, the former military ruler, when the, 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 that is Babangida, uh, when he announced the victory of uh, Abiola, Mashid Abiola. And then from there, when he became governor, of uh, Lagos State, uh, he actually came up against uh, Obasanjo. Obasanjo then was the was the president, and uh, he succeeded in actually standing against Obasanjo. Where Obasanjo uh, basically uh, annulled payments, uh, I mean, uh, central government contribution to the Lagos government, but he sold it on. 
and he actually built the economy of Lagos. So Tinubu is looked upon as a person who has got contacts because he can actually talk to the people uh, at uh, the people at North because he's a, one of the people who sold and marketed uh, Buhari. And again, another thing is this, that he's a Muslim. He's a Yoruba, and again, he's a Muslim. Uh, just like Adiola was a Muslim and also a Yoruba. And therefore, they say that he's got some good standing with the, with the Muslim up north, uh, which has got a lot of where the majority of voters come from. So we do not know. Uh, that is how people view his chances. But... Mm. And I'd like us to talk about those dynamics that affect the, the voting and the politics in Nigeria. You mentioned religion and you also mentioned ethnicity or, or, or the tribal influences. We'll go into that in just a moment. I want us now, however, to talk about another one of the front runners, the former Vice President Abu Bakr um, of the main opposition, which is the People's Democratic Party. Uh, how does he fare and, and where does he fit in as far as, you know, the ethnicity and, and the religion dynamics? Yeah, that's good. Atiku Abu Bakr, he, he's a northerner, although they say that he grew up in the eastern, central eastern uh, state of Awadagwe. Uh, Again, he was the vice president under uh, Obasanjo. But since then, he has been unable to actually win the vote of his own party to, uh, to be a presidential candidate. That's until this time around. And again, his advantage, again, would say that he's a Muslim, and again, he's a Northerner. So people are saying that maybe he's going to get that vote. And again, he has got contacts in uh, central eastern Nigeria. So that is the big thing which is there. I mean, basically, Nigerian politics, like South African politics, I'm sorry to say, it revolves around personality and the persona. And so that's what it's all about. Uh, as far as uh, policy and ideology is concerned, there's nothing much said about him. And is he Yoruba as well? No, he's not. He comes from uh, so-called. Uh, they say that he's uh, Fulani, just like um, just like uh, <coughs> Buhari. So he's Fulani. The the other candidate is Peter Obi uh, from the Labour Party. Now we've seen Peter Obi literally make waves, um, and he seems to have the backing of the young people, and is described as the potential fresh voice and and the hope. Um, of, of Nigeria, at least that's the narrative that we're hearing and that's the narrative that we're seeing. Put this into context for us. Who is Peter Obi and is he really what he is uh, trumped up to be? Well, with Peter Obi, uh, he's a chap who they say that he has made, that's making these uh, elections different in the sense that it's no longer a two-horse race, it's a three-horse race. And again, they say that Peter Obi is actually appealing to the youngsters. Yeah, to who are the most of the voters, and not only most of the voters, of course, they make up uh, the majority of, of, of Nigerians, but not a, don't know about the majority of the voters. Now, he, for one, is a person who at least has come up with some form of a, of a political or ideology or a policy change, yeah, in the sense that he's offering the youngsters 
uh, room to expand and develop. Yeah. So that in itself, you've had the support of many, many uh, Nigerians, young Nigerians across the country. In fact, I would say they say that up to the middle belt that you've got support out there. So that is what has made these elections very, very um, different from the others. Peter Obi, it seems, has the vote of, of the younger generation. Does he actually have the, the political backing and, and the numbers to potentially walk away with this vote? Uh, because, well, it almost sounds, because it almost sounds like a battle between um, the entrenched ideologies of the old school and progressive new generation um, I- ideologies. It sounds like a battle between those two right now, with Peter Obi obviously being of, of the latter. Well, that's, that's a, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. And that's the trend in African politics. People should understand that is the trend in African politics. We found this trend in Zambia, where Hachilema, he kept, got where he was from the vote of the youngsters, even in Malawi. So I mean to say that the African youth has been highly marginalized. And that's due to this neoliberal economic uh, policies that have been adopted. Uh, youth unemployment is a very big thing. And people who have come up targeting the youth, people like Ruto in Kenya, yeah, they've actually been able to come up and challenge the old established order. Yeah, like in Kenya of uh, Kenyatta, who was supporting then, was supporting Uhuru Kenyatta. So that is what people are looking at. But it should be understood that that is the trend in Africa. The old school, which has not changed, is actually being put aside. That the new disillusioned youngsters, disillusioned by the, polit- the, by the social economic situation of the youth and of the country. If you look at South Africa, one uh, or some of the key drivers and, and some of the key um, determinants of, of elections and what people are looking for, we're wanting power security, for example, like a stabilization of, of power because that somehow obviously influences business. Uh, we're wanting employment, and employment is, is, is a huge problem for us here in the country. So inevitably, uh, those who are campaigning would campaign on, on these tickets and more. What are the main and the key drivers and issues that Nigeria is, is facing right now that would be the key tickets for the candidates on their campaign trail? Well, uh, I will not talk about the two contending, uh, the two uh, <coughs> old, and that is, uh, 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 that is Bola, Tinubu, and uh, Atiku. I'll talk about uh, Peter Obi. I mean, the key issue about Nigeria, basically, as in South Africa, is employment. And uh, that's youth unemployment, not even employment, youth unemployment. There are other issues of security. But unfortunately, it's very surprising that security issues have not actually come up to take the center stage in uh, the campaigning which has taken place this year. Although the security situation has actually deteriorated under Buhari, with uh, the middle belt, when I talk about the middle belt, that is in uh, the plateau area, where you find the plateau area, it's a scene of ethnic violence where you have the, you know, the Fulani herdsmen moving down into the areas 
of the agriculturists or of the Are you still with us, Ntadikhomo? All right, it looks like we've lost Ntadikhomo there. We'll try and get our connection back with him. But we are talking about the upcoming Nigerian elections on the 25th of February. Nigerians uh, in Nigeria will be taking to the polls and they will be voting for their new president. Uh, Momaru Buhari's uh, two-term limit has now reached its end and he is no longer eligible to stand for, for presidency. But Ntadikhomo was talking about some of the key pivotal issues that Nigerians are looking at right now as they go out to cast their vote. The issue of youth employment or youth unemployment, something that we as South Africans can relate very intimately with. He was also touching on the issue of security and how that has actually worsened under Buhari. Uh, we do know of the, you, you know, um, the, the, the the military and we, we know of, um, I'm trying to think of them, the, the, the um, I've, I've literally got them in my mind, but I can't, the, Gonji, what are they in Datekomo? Sorry, you're talking about what the Fulani's or the people fighting. Yes, I'm. 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 I've just literally had a a brain freeze right now. But I'm. I'm thinking about the the insecurity and the kidnapping of the young girls, etc., and the the kidnappings that are taking place in Nigeria and how in those. Have, states, that's in Bolivia. That's the northeast. But now the insecurity has moved into the north, into the northwest. Yeah, where Buhari, where Buhari comes from, there you've got uh, a lot of uh, kidnappings. Uh, people are kidnapping. That's amongst the people themselves that are kidnapping and demanding uh, demanding uh, ransom. Mm. And again, that whole thing that the institute has moved to the central region, the, the plateau area, where the Fulani tribesmen from the north are actually moving in and attacking farmers, trying to move them to over their land. And Buhari has been seen not to do much in those situations. And the fighting which is taking place, or the attacks that are taking place in the plateau area, they're also targeting Christians. So it has also got a sectarian issue involved. Mm. But it's funny that these issues have not come up to be the central uh, issues in the uh, the campaigning which is taking place now. Uh, the campaigns are mostly uh, around, well, I could not know what they're around, what they are, but uh, with uh, Obi, he is, uh, is the new boy on the on the block, he's coming up with youth unemployment. He has not actually touched the ethnic thing because that would divide the country, I suppose. Uh, the, the word that I was thinking of was jihadists um, and the insurgents, the Boko Haram insurgencies. Um, and how we've seen a, a rise in that, and we actually haven't seen it going down at all. And Dadukhomo, as we wrap up, we spoke a little bit about religion and ethnicity, tribal ethnicity, being two of the key drivers in, in Nigeria when it comes to electing a, a leader. Is this still the case, or have Nigerians moved beyond that right now because it seems that there are more pertinent issues to be looking at the issues of security youth employment etc and driving the ethnic lines no longer perhaps will serve any of these key concerns unfortunately no nigeria is still uh, trapped in that uh, in the politics of identity and that's amongst the voters not even amongst the, 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 the candidates 
as a candidate, you've got to appeal to this ethnic, uh, ethnic and religious and sectarian uh, inclinations of the of the voters. And it's sad that that's the truth about Nigeria. What they say about Nigerians is this: that Nigerians are only united as a nation when the super eagles play. They support they get support from all over the country. But on the average, Nigerians are very sectarian. And it's sad because Nigerians, they accuse South Africans of being xenophobic. But in Nigeria, xenophobic is there among themselves. And that xenophobic of theirs is dangerous because it ends up into killings, which go up in thousands. Why should we care as South Africans on the outcome of these elections? Well, um, not as South Africans, but as Africans as such. Nigeria is the biggest economy in the African continent. We've not talked about that. And it's no longer South Africa. And not only that, Nigeria, it is the, it, it is the target of most Western uh, investment. The investors are really going to Nigeria. That's because the economy is vibrant. The Nigerian economy is vibrant because basically it has got the... It has got a very big uh, population, yeah, uh, which is actually involved and involved in the in the in the, the mining economy. That's the thing that South Africa is not. South Africa has got a very big problem, which people do not see. South Africa, 40% of South Africans are rural and they're not connected to the to the mining economy of the country. And South Africa can never solve that problem unless they solve the rural problem of the rural people. But that's another issue. It certainly is, and a very important and key one as well. Dato Komo, will leave it at that uh, for this evening. Uh, thank you so much once again for your time and your analysis of the upcoming Nigerian elections. Thank you, Papa.